Welcome back to the field of 68 Best Bet Show presented by Bet Rivers, the three man weave. We're back. It is Thursday. I get my days confused often. I think it is. They're all, the same, They're all the same days. They're all Except the same Saturdays. days. Spinny Saturday. <laughs> That's right. College basketball. Nice late today. Nice late yesterday. Speaking of yesterday, Matthew Cox, what you see? What are you going to tell us about? Takeaways. Ooh, uh, do you, team takeaways or betting market takeaways? I was going back and forth on what I wanted to rant about. Um, I guess I'll go with the market dynamic. Man, a lot of quote unquote early money steam decides the market lost. So um looks like ourselves and many others out there who who bet for fairly large sums of money uh, got got shelled yesterday. So the lesson is this folks do your own work. Don't be fooled by what others are telling you to do. Don't be fooled by the steam, the line movement. You trust what you see. You like a number you like you think there's value that you play it. Of course, obviously, the exception being us, Jim, when we tell you what to do, you should always listen. Oh, no, yeah, it's, it's all about finding the information and, and doing the work yourself. Matt, this was kind of my, my takeaway, too. Xavier, Florida, Duquesne, Memphis, Nevada. There's five teams that got bet from dog to a favorite and all lost outright. At least like, two points of movement, yeah, substantial. Yeah, like, and not, yeah, not just like a little bit of movement from plus one and a half to minus two and a half for, for Florida. Like, it's, again, not always right, so come to your own conclusions. We'll, we'll try to give you as much information as we can, and we'll give you our opinion, but Nobody is uh, fail say or nobody's flawless and keep doing your own work. Like you said. Yeah. The dog to fave flip. I mean, that's usually about the strongest bet on the board. You can make if you, if you beat that steam and guess what? It was not good yesterday. Hey, my takeaway, a couple um crazy efficiency stats. I want to throw out there because Jim, I love taking pot shots at our Mizzou tigers. They scored 0. 0.6 back points upside per down possession. As they belong. Yes. 0. 0.6 points per possession yesterday against Arkansas. And they allowed 1.2. I mean, that's just brutal and hilarious because Mizzou's in, in the toilet currently, uh, even after that Alabama uh, loss win, excuse me. And then secondly, Vermont, guys, scored 1.53 points per possession, which is one of the highest I have ever seen in a basketball game. 19 for 30 from the three. I mean, they were fireballs. Kai, did you see what they were in the first half? No, I'm sure it was good. 1.8. Points of possession. One point. Every time on the floor was a it was a bucket. It was absolutely insane. Yeah, that's that's yikes town. Uh, all right, arguably the second best team in their league. Like, yeah, they they're going to dominate America East. Hey, that's it for uh, yesterday. Let's get to today again. Great slate. Let's start it off with the Big Ten. A two pack here. First off, Ohio State at Wisconsin. Spot guys, I'm thinking little Wisconsin Badgers, Jim, uh, but. Ohio State beaten by 18 in the first matchup. Hmm. What say you? Yeah, I mean, the the spot plus Big Ten home court certainly leads me to believe uh, some revenge for the Badgers here. I really thought Tyler Wall would be like a perfect guy to guard E.J. Liddell. He's he's big, he's strong, he's really – every single announcer makes the he's great at walling up joke. Uh It's it's completely automatic. You will hear it tonight, I promise. Uh, But Liddell had – 28 points, 11 rebounds, 28, nine, four assists, two steer, two blocks, and 11 of 16 shooting. Like he was a monster. He's unstoppable. Um, I, I thought that would work out, but it's, it seems like maybe that's a deficient matchup. I would expect guard to have a little bit better of a plan second time around. Matt, I usually do like to give the edge to a team that lost the first time revenge yep, somewhat, agree. but also just because they're motivated to change things and figure out what didn't work and correct things. Whereas the winner is like, why should we change? Yeah. We won. So it's less revenge and more tinkering and, and tactical. So I do lean towards Wisconsin, but 
um, not strongly where, where the number is at. Yeah, Jim, I like that angle too. And I think when you, in a typical conference schedule where there's time off between those games, I don't think that plays as strongly. But we saw when you put that in a back-to-back situation like we saw last season, how pronounced that was. So I think just looking at that in a vacuum, you can use that as like a proxy for, yes, the team that plays poorly or gets blown out the first time is more likely to make changes, which is usually a good thing. I'm looking at the other star matchup uh, for Johnny Cool, as I call him, for Wisconsin. Can our guy Jamari Wheeler slow him down? You know, regarded as one of the best defenders in the Big Ten. (laughs) I think he's matchup proof. Like the fact that he hung, what, 30 on Houston and has had multiple big games against pretty damn good defenses. He is just a different level shot maker. He knows how to operate in that offense, but he also can go outside those confines and his just awesome playmaking, shot making, whatever you want to call it. Fun matchup tonight, man. I'm just looking forward to watch this one. Price is about right. I think you're giving enough. The the current number of three and a half gives enough home respect, Kai, to the Cole Center. So I'll stay away. Yeah, I think it's gotten a little too high. I'd, I'd probably lean towards Ohio State on the number, but the spot factor, the revenge factor, has been leaning Wisconsin. Jim mentioned 28, 9, and 4 for Liddell in the first matchup. Davis had 24, 7, and three steals. I mean, he did he did just fine as well. It's going to be a great game, great match between those two players. Um, I, I'm fully staying away from a betting perspective. Yeah. Wheeler's smaller too, which, you know, Davis is great in the pull-up game. Like he can shoot over the top of somebody like Shamari Wheeler. So that does give him the route to points. Yeah. Next game, another big 10 game. We have Indiana, Matthew, your alma mater traveling to Iowa. This spread is four and a half. A lot of respect for the Iowa home. I think it's warranted six and four against the spread at home is Iowa. And Matthew, your Indiana Hoosiers are Owen three against the number on the road including mm-hmm. a loss at Penn State. Let's break down those losses, okay? Uh, two <laughs> in particular. Um, actually, now that I think about that, I don't want to go down Missouri Road with you to rehash what happened at Wisconsin when they were completely dominating that game, right? Blew that lead. That's right. Penn State game, we all argue that Indiana played pretty well. Penn State just made shots, like tough shots consistently, just body blow after body blow. Um, now you have to give IU some fault for the the kind of the defensive lapses late and the late game execution miscues, which were I think the bigger issue, Jim. All that said, I, I understand you have to respect Big Ten home. I did hop in here at IU plus five. There's a few hanging out there. Uh Bet Rivers has it at four and a half. If you agree with my sentiment, if you want to ride with my Hoosiers, I think you got to buy the hook to five. I like the Hoosiers, Jim. I'm sorry. I think this is like they get it done here. Yeah, I, I like them in general, Matt, but I don't I don't love them like road spot here, motivated home favorite that's you know trying to avoid a real bad Big Ten record. Um, I, I think there's matchup edges on both sides, like looking at X and O. Like TJD is probably unguardable for Iowa if they consistently feed him, but that's the question: Are the guards going to make the effort to consistently get him the ball rather than Xavier Johnson going rogue and trying to? launch up floaters or bad threes with his kind of possibly the ugliest form in the big 10. Like it, it was uh, it's shot, disgusting. Yeah. Um, and, but then, you know, Indiana has great rim defense, but Iowa can shoot from everywhere. Like they've got guys up and down the lineup that can knock down shots. So I think they find their way to points too. Uh, I leans towards Iowa at the lower number, Matt, but up where it's at, I I'm staying yeah. away and, and hoping you get your victory here because Thank I didn't you. actually get a bet. In general, when I see guards with Johnson's, form make it to the d1 level let alone a power 61 level it's a fascinating thing because that's the most important thing in basketball is shooting the ball and you're a guard it's incredible yeah like no No one's one's ever ever corrected it to say hey this is (laughs) still makes d1 unbelievable uh matt yeah i I like spot for iowa too here one and three in the big 10 
more motivation on their side. Obviously, Indiana and every other team is always motivated into a game, but Iowa really does need this game. They have a great home court. I don't think they can stop TJD, but I'm not sure Indiana can stop Murray either. It's another great star battle here, like we see in the first matchup we talked about. I'm going to trust Iowa's offense more at home and lean their way. Next game, Big East, Seton Hall versus our DePaul Blue Demons, Matthew. Will they play possessed enough to beat Seton Hall? They're 0-5 in the Big East. Can they finally get one? It's going to be a tall order if Nick Ongenda is still on the on the uh, pine. Yeah, I want to back Seton Hall. I'm just kind of sick of DePaul at this point. Uh, I just don't think they – I think mentally the here-we-go-again dynamic is maybe starting to creep into their heads. I know it's a new coach. I know the players are fundamentally new. But, man, and just you've seen this movie take place again and again and again. I just don't think they deserve that much for home. Um, again, Butler and oh. DePaul, like – I know Big East typically has strong home courts. We've seen them so far this year in big home spots. We expect them to play well. Couldn't really give Nova a scare. Um, you know, they, they folded against Loyola. Lay. I mean, a bunch of different games. They just haven't lived up to that hype home spot where we thought it would be a good spot for them to play well. So the white flag has been waved for me on the Demon Shim. I think you're actually on the Pirates, correct? Yeah, small, not not big. Um, they do get Yetna back. That's official. Uh, John Rothstein tweeted mm-hmm. that today. So he is back in the lineup. Uh, and Seton Hall has had the week off, whereas DePaul had to play on Tuesday at Marquette. So a little bit more prep time, a little bit more get get right. Uh, and Kai, the, the Kadari Richmond emergence on Saturday against UConn was massive. 27 points. He just played bully ball against guards, against wings. Whoever UConn threw at him, he just put him under the, the rim and, and scored. And I think he can probably do that again here. And if he, if, if he can, then you get open shots for Aiken, for Roden, for Kale, and that's trouble for DePaul. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm with Matt. I think as soon as the Seton Hall puts a run on, we're going to see DePaul kind of not fold completely, but but melt down a little bit and and get that here we go again feeling. Yeah, back to Angenda. I mean, if he's out, they 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 have an eye off the bench, but their depth is destroyed if he's out. And you're against an intimidating Seton Hall front line, which is immense with Obiagu, with Yetna, with Samuel. I mean, that just seems like it's going to be a domination. DePaul does play physical, and I wouldn't be surprised, guys, even if they let it half. Like Jim said, I think they're going to tail off in the second. I think they're going to crack. I lean Seton Hall Ooh, in this game. Interesting. There's a couple of folks who – sorry, a couple of mobsters asking about the minutes. first half. Oh, sorry, Jim. Go ahead. Anay committing seven fouls for 40 minutes. So, I mean, I, he's not staying on the floor if he has to be the, the full-time center. Yeah, right. Hi, Cole Pope actually asked about Seton Hall first half. So, sounds like you are – I'd probably move on. They, I, they, the first half? Anecdotally, they tend to start better from the games I've watched. Maybe it's not a true fact, but – that's what I've seen with my eyes a couple of games. Uh, BYU, Gonzaga. Guys, 14 and a half is a spread. Somehow, Jim, the market made this higher than I did. And I have the Zags in the clouds. Uh, BYU's back or front court depth is concerning, obviously, against Temi Holmgren, Watson. Pick a player on Gonzaga. Do you think this number is too high for a coach like Mark Pope? Yeah, I don't, I don't like the number, but you can definitely – pull out some clear matchup advantages for Gonzaga. You know, BYU doesn't get a ton of easy buckets as it is. As it is. They don't have an interior threat. Now you can go against Holmgren, who's like one of the best rim protectors in the country. His arms are everywhere around the basket. I think that's a serious problem for BYU. They're going to have to knock down jumpers. They have some of the best guys in the country at that, specifically Barcelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to hang around with that potent Gonzaga offense. I just can't lay it at this number. We know BYU is very feisty, Matt. They're aware of the analytical projection of games and, and try mm-hmm. to outperform that. So even if they're down 16 late, they're going to be super feisty trying to get that down to like 12, which, which makes me nervous. 
Yeah, Mark Pope catching 15. I don't care if, it, if it's against like the 96 Bulls. Um, I just wouldn't want to – I'd just be afraid that they're going to continue to claw back in that game or, or have some some tricks up their sleeve. So I side you, I stay away. The total's intriguing though, right? It's 153, what an open, pretty high number. Gonzaga obviously runs blistering fast. BYU will not want to run at that pace, but they're willing to. I think if they have opportunities, um, I think it comes down to efficiency. I think I would lean the over though. I, I think if Gonzaga gets up big, BYU is going to have to be, they're going to get sucked into that track me type of style. And they can score. They got cheaters. They, got, they can execute inside with some of their wingy forward hybrid guys with George and uh, Traore. Yeah. Uh, good, good point by Lake showing their chat. Uh, Gonzaga hasn't covered against BYU in four games. And I think, and, and Jim kind of mentioned it, Mark Pope knows the spread uh, out of any other coach in the country. Mark Pope knows the spread and he is trying to cover that spread every single game. Whether, well, yeah. Whether it's spread <laughs> or whether it's like projection where it's like, yes. hey, if we out projections, we, we can up our ranking. Like I think that's right. kind of where it's coming from. Yeah. And this is their Super Bowl. He can coach. Uh, look, the Gonzaga is too talented for me to fade, but on the number, I'm definitely leaning towards BYU. Chat mob round one. I think Matt's our czar here. What do you he got? Is. What do you Quite got? Quite a bit. I got nine lined up. Let me finish this last note here. Okay. Wow. Uh, we're going to go blistering faster. Um, yeah, I probably can't read half these. Hey, let's start with a little Sunbelt twofer, two pack. I'm going Coastal Carolina, App State to Kai and Jim. You're getting South Alabama, Georgia State. I believe the Weavers have strong takes on both. Kai, Appetizer State, Coastal. I like yeah. App State. Um, really disappointing effort yep. at Troy, but I think that was a byproduct of me disrespecting Troy. I'm going back to the App State well today. Well, was, again today. And was Forrest out for that game for App State? I can't remember. He if he returned. Was back or not. Did yeah, return. Okay. Didn't he matter because so, Troy is just Scott Cross is amazing. I don't know how poor, he does it. Poor effort. I I lean uh, Appalachian State here at, at minus three. Um, yeah, nothing fancy here. I, I've had a good number on Coast all season, so I, I feel pretty good about the App State minus three. Jim, Georgia State, can they be this bad? The way they no, played the they last two games? They certainly shouldn't be this bad. I mean, they've got – they should be fully healthy or, or close to it. They got Insuseme, the big guy, to come back and debut, and he had a nice debut in the paint. He fixes a lot of the issues they had with uh, scoring inside and rim protection, rebounding. They, they hopefully will have their whole uh, arsenal of guards. I think Phillips and uh, the, the Western Kentucky transfer Rawls were both out last game. So as they get that, like, nine-deep rotation with talent and depth and shooting – I think they're going to be pretty potent and Kai South Alabama has, has come off a little bit of COVID issues here. Yeah. So maybe they have everybody back, but even for them, that's not that many players because of the injuries they've had. So right. uh, I do lean Georgia state. Kai, you just faded the tree and by the tree, I mean, Stanford last game with USC. Uh, now they travel to unsuccessfully. Um, <laughs> kind of a lame effort from the Trojans. Hey, but they are going to Wazoo. That's Washington yep. state. Catching a touchdown, are you going to hit against the tree again or stay away here? No, I kind of lean towards Stanford. This is, Matt, of course, is on the rundown. I don't know if we should just save this. For it is on the rundown. The there it is. Yes, 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 of course. Of course. Let's, let's pocket oh, that. Then. then holster it is. Uh, hey, Jim, I have an extra for you. Uh, toothpaste versus the cement. That's Colgate, of course, against Navy. Some steam against Navy. And Jim, just tell them what you're doing. Just, it's uh, a well, set yeah. I mean, the number's certainly really low. I got to continue my auto betting of Navy, the water troops, as, as the, uh, the chat called them. I like that. Um, yeah, I, Colgate's the preseason favorite, but Navy's been immense. I watched them last game and like they're just, they're smart and which shouldn't be surprising, but they take good shots. They make like strong passes against pressure. They're not sloppy throwing the ball away. And it's pretty rare to get that in mid major land. 
Uh, there's obviously, uh, obviously the risk Colgate knocks down a bunch of threes because they have a bunch of shooters, but I, I think Navy is kind of like back them until that train runs out and it, it's still chugging along right now. I can't wait till they cover every game in the rest of the year and we get to see you enlist. Um, I am tempted to take Navy at the updated number. I'm just shocked that people are betting against them, how good they've played. Yeah. Kai, another Patriot one. Feel free to pass if you have no take on this because I don't really. Uh, Lafayette, Loyola, Maryland. Yeah. We'll tell you what, Matt. The Greyhounds, Loyola, Maryland, has been way better this season than I thought I they'd be losing Aldama. Cam Spencer's awesome. Jalen so Andrews is good. This team at Golden DK is not that bad. I thought he was kind of just a loaf inside. He's huge and he makes a difference. And Lafayette's been really bad, really, really bad. And we've seen them be really bad before. Fairly Hamley usually has good teams or, or relatively good teams. Not this season. I'm staying fully away in this game. Uh, I did take Lafayette because I continue to fade Loyola. I don't know why. Yeah. Just continue to trust my number and stubborn my numbers stubbornly. Jim, North Texas Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. I had a lean here on the herd, but it got smashed down. It opened, I believe, North Texas five. Uh, it's been bet down to a field goal. Um, certainly can't endorse them the way they've been playing at that number for me. That's Yeah, that's my question is why are people betting Marshall? Like, I can't believe they are. Horrendous. Uh, it's, even at home, like lost at home to FAU. I know they were coming off a little bit of COVID issues there, but I've been just mega unimpressed when I watched that team. I think they lost at home to Campbell too, Kai. North Texas is like kind of a way better Campbell, like slow you into a, a yeah. half court crawl, make you play at that pace. And Marshall can't score at that pace. I still think from the beginning of the year, this Marshall team's one guard away and they have not found that guard to emerge. I kind of like punching back against the market with, with North Texas, but you know, obviously there are risks with doing that as well. Yeah. I think we've confirmed that Marshall will not be at full strength. They'll be healthier, but not um, they're still going to be down a, a starter or two or, or Excuse me, Dan Tony talked about how that really, you know, crippled their depth and they don't have much depth to begin with, as Jim talked about. So, yeah, they're really fighting on one leg right now. Kai, another CUSA till here, Middle Tennessee against Florida Atlantic. I had a strong lean to Middle Tennessee at the opening number, got bet up to four, four and a half at some spots now. I just don't love taking them as a favorite. Any take here? No, no real take here. Uh, Middle Tennessee has been way better than we expected this season, like way better. Um, FAU hasn't been bad either. I think four is a pretty fair spread here. I, I stay away. It's a good spot. Middle Tennessee, like as a dog, has been one of the teams that gets down 15 and punches back every time. Yeah. Like, they've covered Cockroachy. as a dog. Yep. They've been incredible just not quitting and coming back. Yeah. And they are 0 2 in conference here. Uh, you got to think they're hyper desperate, finally get a team they can beat. They played very competitively in those first two conference games. So I think they're right on the cusp of getting that big conference win. Um, South Dakota, Denver, Jim. Summit action, some early money coming in on Denver. Sounds like it's mostly a fade of South Dakota's, I guess, injury slash COVID situation. They were shorthanded without Xavier Florida last game. I believe he's out again today, correct? Or am I missing I, one more yeah, guy? It's not 100% sure, but yeah, he's he's like the key uh, high usage guy for them. I think without him, they're going to struggle. They scored at will against North Dakota, but Kai, everyone does that. That's North Dakota's the worst defense in the entire country. Literally, Literally. no, I've heard They're the worst defense in the country. It's terrible. Yep. Um, this one's actually my best bet. So I'll just go ahead and say it, Matt, because you didn't oh. save it till the end. How dare you? Uh, the under is my best bet. I think this game oh, is going right, to be right. really slow. Both offenses are kind of crawling. Um, and to be quite honest, without Fuller, the South Dakota offense isn't very potent. So I think this game is going to be slower, inefficient. Uh, I like the under here. Best bet. Solid. Certainly adds up for me. Uh, Kai, one more here. We'll go back to the outline. Some waxing. Sam Houston mm-hmm. State. Lama, I am on Lama. I don't thoughts? know why 
because they're missing guys in the front court and they got smoked by 10 the first matchup. I see nothing for Lamar here. I'm leading Sam Houston. So yeah, my matchup angle here is they just played last game. So it's like a rematch type of back-to-back type thing. So I'm hoping the situation we explained earlier where the team that's more likely to make adjustments, the team that got smoked. True. Um, I think you're getting some free value, some free points from the odds makers because of that result too. And I think they're getting Buster back today. Davian Buster. Aren't Lamar. they more shorthanded up front though? Lamar yeah, they need, they, they need bodies. December 30th. Like they, they're, they're coming out of a bad COVID pause and had to cancel a couple games because it, it did get so bad. Um, it actually wasn't smoked. Like they were, they were up with five minutes left. Lamar was, uh, I'm saying he's right. was pretty close. I'm looking at the thing the wrong game. Okay. Um, hey, good. Let's but, compete again, baby. Yeah. I don't know, Matt. I just, I, I don't trust that that lineup will be anywhere near intact. That's what scares me. Yeah. We'll see. I'm sure there's always a surprise, but Hey, players don't matter as we've learned, um, <laughs> until they do Kai back to the rundown. A lot of questions. Great. I got to play catch up here. Make sure you get those horizon games that are being asked, Matt. Yes, those I know. Right state, right top up of the list, Top of the list. Uh, Stanford at Washington State is our first game out of the chat break here. I will say what I started to say to Matt. Washington State, this spread feels a little bit high to me, uh, Jim. Stanford's obviously off the win against USC, so maybe a letdown. But Wazzy's wow, been pretty pedestrian this year. Seven and a half points seems like a lot. Yeah, I was kind of surprised Wazzy took, took money here. But maybe it is the letdown that people are seeing. Uh, Stanford clearly negated USC size with their own size, but Washington State has more guard play. Uh, we've seen Tyrell Roberts start to play a little better, Matthew, the UC San Diego transfer that kind of lighted up from the perimeter. Uh, Noah Williams came back last game. So, man, I, I do think Wazoo is trending up, but the number is just a little too much for me to lay. Yeah, and I think the key here is I'm sort of not shrugged off Noah Williams' impact when he was out, but it's like, well, they have enough depth in the back where they can withstand you know, they can kind of adjust without him, but you look at their only two really bad games coincided with him not being in the lineup. So it was back last game. We talked about what like a star in the making he was preseason. He hasn't really like lived up to that hype yet, but he's still a dynamic player, shot creator him back in the fold. I think you can argue makes the Wazoo a little bit undervalued, but I think Jim hit the nail on the head. What? Why are you you calling the Wazoo? The Wazoo. I like, it. I like it. I'm fine with it. I, th- I don't like the article. You don't like I that? Think it's just Cougs? Wazoo. We'll call it's them like, Cougs. Cougs. It would be like saying the Mizzou. And I don't the like Mizzou. That. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to workshop that. Okay. Well, whatever you want to call them, Jim, WSU, you, um, I think they're undervalued. I just don't want to lay points with them. They're not a good favorite. Last six games for Wazoo, losses to South Dakota State and New Mexico State, beat Northern Colorado, lost to Boise and Colorado, beat Utah. I'm not really seeing very many impressive efforts there for Wazoo because I don't hold Utah in high regard, Northern Colorado, mid-major team, whatever. You can't bully Stanford on the glass. That's what Washington State's been able to do. We saw USC grab like three rebounds offensively against them, and they're going to force them to be shooters. And I'm not sure Wazoo is an answer for Harrison Ingram, who has been awesome this season. Um, basically the anti, who was the guy last year, the five-star for them that wasn't very good. I'm blanking on the name, Stanford. Uh, wing um, um, Zaire Williams, Zaire Williams. He's the anti Zaire Williams. He's actually good. Uh, <laughs> spreads too high for and me. Like, I'm, leading, yeah. I'm leading Stanford. Uh, next game, Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. Had a couple questions about this in the chat as well. Matt, are you crazy enough to step in front of the bullet train that is Texas Tech? No, I'm not. Um, I surprised this spread opened up what it did. I'm trying to get the update number right now. So seven and a half at, right now, seven and a half. It's down. Yeah. So open at eight, seven and a half. It gets pretty much stayed around what it is. So tech laying a touchdown to Oklahoma state. It, you know, it's a low total 128, 129. Um, yeah. I love Texas tech, but again, as a favorite, 
I just don't think they have like that, the offensive firepower to really put away a team. And I think Oklahoma state can scrap and claw and manufacture some points enough to keep this fairly competitive. So I don't think you're going to see a dominating effort from tech, especially as well as we've seen OSU play in big spots this season. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if Texas tech covers, it's something like 65 to 50 or something, right. Oklahoma state can't really shoot. That is a mega weakness of theirs. They don't take threes and they don't make threes. And Texas Tech's paint defense has been impenetrable lately. So that is a, definitely a matchup concern. But I just feel like the number's too high, man. I, Oklahoma State's defense is no slouch either. I think they can make life difficult for, for Texas Tech. And Kai, yeah, it's like how high can Texas Tech be riding right now off the Kansas right and Baylor wins? Uh, they did get down 15 early to Baylor. It's not like they were immortal in that game. So, yeah, it, it does feel a little high. But, boy, they are kind of a, a rocket ship right now. Yeah, it's uh, it feels like a cushy letdown opportunity here for for Oklahoma State, but they're bad on the road, man. West Virginia and Oral Roberts, the two examples we have, haven't been good. And like you said, Jim, they cannot shoot, they cannot score. They're the worst offense in the Big Twelve right now through through conference play early on, point nine one five points per possession. That's bad going against Texas Tech's defense. So it, they're gonna have to make it a slog. They're gonna have to make it ugly. I tend to think they kind of do. I'm actually leaning their way at, at plus seven and a half, plus eight, whatever you can find it at. Yeah. Also, I mean, McCullough was a difference in that game coming off the bench in Baylor. Against Baylor. And I think he in a played on a bum ankle. So a kind of a short turnaround third game. I like, sorry, second game and a quick turnaround. I, maybe he's not hundred percent. Maybe they rest him. So some, you can kind of find some, some crumbs of value there to, uh, to rationalize Oklahoma state. Yeah. All right. Pac 12 time, Oregon at UCLA. Welp, here's your chance ducks. Are you on the yeah. way up? Are you out of the tournament picture? UCLA, Jim, has been quiet this year in the media, weirdly. They're 10-1. Yeah, and one. They're off for a month. That's yeah, cool. off for a month yeah. helps. They're just 5-6 and six against the spread, though, which surprised me. I, I kind of thought they were dominating every respect, but they haven't been, and Oregon certainly hasn't. Who do you lean in this matchup? About a 10-point spread we got. Man, it's, it feels a tad high, and perhaps because I stubbornly think Oregon still has talent and, and a good coach that has blended disparate parts before, but Oregon just gave up 29 of 42 shooting inside the arc. Kai, do you know what percentage that is? No. 69. <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't give up 69% shooting to Oregon State because, you know what, UCLA is a little bit better than Oregon State. That is a problem. <laughs> so I am very concerned for the Ducks' defense here. I think it's kind of broken. They haven't figured out how to guard. They're mixing defenses but playing none of them well. And UCLA has offensive weaponry. Matthew, we know that for sure. So I, I'm kind of leaning towards UCLA, but the number gives me some pause. Yeah, it's just a big number, right? Like you could, we can certainly see a scenario in which Oregon's up five late second half. It's like, oh, here's the Oregon we've waiting on all year. But I think that's sort of wishful thinking because we've seen no evidence of them trending closer towards that. I've watched multiple Dana Altman pressers. He continues to just chastise his defense and and he's always kind of a pessimist but man this year it sounds like a different record um you need to see like at least Oregon play two good games in a row to buy into like an upswing but right now is not the time yeah the ducks have to hit shots plain and simple because their defense is porous it's 129th in the country seventh in the big in the pack 12 so juzang and yeah and Hakez could have monster games i would not be shocked here I think Oregon's going to be up for this, but UCLA is too scary for me. I'm, I'm staying away. They're clearly the better team, deserving yeah, of a 10-point spread. 
I'm seeing Graham in the chat talk about no fans in the arena. So I just a general takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> They had a couple of good crowds early on this year. Um, but in general, another takeaway I should have probably mentioned on the onset of the show is like the home crowds are random this year. So we're going to continue to to pry into you mobsters who have good intel. Like seeing Nevada have like a half capacity against Boise State was really upsetting. It's like, what? That's all you got? And Wake was like elite versus Duke. I didn't think that would be a great crowd. So frustrating. You Sorry. didn't think that'd be a great crowd at Wake? I kind of Duke? thought they had like, like a tighter COVID restriction thing where there wouldn't be as many people in the stands. But Same state. Know. Same state. Uh, all right, Colorado at Arizona, the next Pac-12 game here. Guys, huge spread here. Matthew, Arizona briefly looked human against Tennessee, then kind of struggled with Washington before tanking them, taking them to the woodshed at the end of the game. They've had 10 days off, and now they host the Buffaloes, who haven't been very good. What's your lean? Um, I do think that Colorado... I mean, God, I'm actually going to make a pro-Colorado point here, a team that I don't like and against a team I love, but they have the prerequisite size to at least not be completely dominated up front. That's the clear strength of this roster. The problem is the backcourt's very erratic, and I just don't trust it. They've had moments from those guys with Bartholomew, and uh, I'm blanking on who the freshman is there. But the point is, they've just not had a consistent backcourt play all season. Thought they played really well against Washington, but that's Washington, and Washington's terrible. Here's a fun fact, Jim. Tad Boyle is 0-9 in Tucson. Kai have never won at the McHale Center. So I don't think Shocking. a new trend starts here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the spread is certainly a lot to climb. Um, they Arizona did not cover like a 20 point spread against Washington. Uh, despite shooting pretty well from deep, they, they let Terrell Brown go nuts, but I don't think Colorado has that kind of scoring guard that gave them serious problems there. And hopefully you get them a little bit more engaged, but it is probably too big of a number to lay just because Kai, it's going to be a little bit of shenanigans late. It's not going to be yep. something where, you know, they could get up 20 and, and the back door could still be open. Um, I, I do love Arizona. still love them long-term. I can't wait to bet them against UCLA and USC. Uh, but unfortunately, this one isn't like a super spot to endorse them. Yeah, 16, tad high for me. Uh, it's Colorado's second road game of the year, second true road game. They, they hung with UCLA, guys. They only lost by 12, and they were kind of in that game. Um, they've won five straight overall, but two and three against the spread. I think it's Arizona's games. They, they have too much, too many weapons here, far better backcourt. They don't have the rebounding advantage to do against most teams. Colorado is the best defensive rebounding team in the Pac-12, but I don't think it matters. I think Arizona has too much firepower. I like the under. I agree with our guy Ed in the chat because um, I feel pretty confident that Colorado's not scoring. I can see Arizona maybe a little sluggish on offense, so maybe Arizona a... under scare me. They put up like 100 and they play so game. fast. Like they, yeah. they, the pace is always on their terms, and they sped up. A, and they sped up Oregon State. Even yeah, they play fast, and yeah. you don't really have a choice but to submit. All right, Matt, I'm handing it back to you for the second round of our chat mob. Uh, before he Let's does, the- Kai, I just want to say that there's been some false rumors of Quanzo Martin getting fired. I was fair. so excited for you guys. And then that's there's a lot of like people not, going not for the report thing. on Twitter of like, oh, wow, he's out. Can't believe this. I'm just like, oh, I wish it were true. I wish it was real. <sighs> sorry, Matt. Go sorry, ahead, chat I, beat, I, I beat Alabama two games ago. It's not, it's not <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's tough. Just feeding the beast. All right, let's get those Horizon matchups, Kai. You were so giddy about earlier. I believe I caught three. If there's one more, feel free to shoehorn it in here. Um, Green Bay, IUPUI, Oakland. Um, who's Oakland playing? Cleveland State, State, which is actually probably the most intriguing of the three. And then Wright State, Bobby Moe. Jim, let's go to you for Wright State, Bobby Moe. I'm with you, I think, on this one. Spread's been bet up. Sounds like me, you, and a few others out there are still believing in Wright State being undervalued and or we're just fading the Bobby Mo train wreck that could be impending. 
Yeah, I thought maybe after Rasheem Dunn left the program and Bobby Moe was feisty against Cleveland State, like, oh, maybe there's some addition by subtraction the way we've seen at a couple other programs. Uh, but it, it, that was not the case. Uh, the next game, they were pretty pitiful against Purdue-Fort Wayne. I do think Wright State has, you know, just the, the goods to be a lot better. And perhaps they were sleepwalking against IUPUI. So can sort of write that one off. I just Wright State's good is so much better than Robert Morris. Yes. Is good that um, I do think the market's moving it the right way. It's hard to recommend the Raiders given how erratic they've been, especially defensively. Agree. Hey, Kai, Green Bay is laying 10 points to IUPUI. How bad is IUPUI? They're bad, but they've covered, I think, two games in a row now. Two in a row? Uh, Look out, yeah. the Jags. I'm still kicking myself because IEPUI UIC was a lock, and I, I I really, really liked that game, and I didn't bet it. And hindsight regret is the number one thing gamblers do, and it's mm-hmm. fantastic, isn't it? Um, you know, Matt, Green Bay is probably really up for this game. This is one they know they can win, and they should win. So I'd probably stay away here. They haven't been that bad. Like, like we said before, they've led – over half the games they've played at halftime, and they've been a dog almost every single game. Um, so I probably wouldn't be rushing to bet IEPUI in this one. No, I, I do lean that way. I just think it's a big number for a team that's not going to probably play that well as a favorite. I, there's actually a similar situation where IEPUI, it's team I'm tempted to bet on, and then Eastern Illinois, it's team I'm also tempted to bet on, who's been abysmal. Um, but just early conference games, I just don't think these teams can possibly be any worse. But who knows? Uh, the bottom may not be as – could be lower than I foresee it. Jim, the last one, Oakland, Cleveland State. Man, a barn burner of a game here. I'll be honest, surprised the, the money came in on Cleveland State early. Uh, it settled right around minus two. What say you? Uh, I think it's probably Oakland's game. Cleveland State's been really unimpressive last two. Needed overtime. I kind of agree. Come back in an overtime to beat Youngstown and could not get away from Robert Morris at all. Meanwhile, Oakland's been terrific. I, I think that team is much better. They know who they are. Uh, Cleveland State's feisty. They've got a bunch of guys, but the rotation's unsettled. They don't have a lot of shooting. Uh, they're kind of sloppy with it, Kai. I, I think Oakland's just better, unfortunately. Yeah, Oakland played them close twice last year, and Cleveland State's more or less the same team. And then Oakland, we know, is just leaps and yeah, bounds Jamal, better. Yeah, Jamal Kane, the lead Jamal player Kane. Of the year, and suddenly you're Small better. addition. Small addition. Yeah, small. Basically, you're just putting Batman on a team that already had some fun <laughs> players, and it's just like it's blossomed into... I'm stealing Greg Campy. He called them Batman. Um, a couple times, so I like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, here. Jack Bunny's Omaha, South Dakota State versus our beloved Nebraska Omaha, who, by the way, covered for us the last game. Another one of these really, really, really bad non-con teams that sort of started to at least even out. Kai, yeah. Um, any temptation to take the big old juicy number with uh, the Mavs? I'll remind you, you missed Detroit, Purdue, Fort Wayne. So add that to your little list. And then okay. secondly, South Dakota State is the way I'm leaning in this game. I think they could score a hundred and I, I don't think that's hyperbole. Um, I think they will score a hundred. How about that? Um, Nebraska Omaha hasn't been bad lately. Probably score, let's say 80, hundred to 80 South, South Dakota state covers. Hey Jim, let's Bold. get that last horizon one that Kai wants to uh, discuss. I don't really have a strong take here. I like Fort Wayne and Detroit is, I guess, improving lately. I can't get my pulse on what they're doing right now. I know they've been changing defense a little bit. Uh, roster question marks seem to have subsided. I just don't trust Fort Wayne's defense. So I'm not backing them here, but that's my gut lean. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, can you limit uh, Antoine Davis from scoring 30? And I don't really think that that's something uh, the Purdue Fort Wayne defense can do. Chong Kui can run around with him a little bit, I guess, but he's short so he can shoot over the top. I don't trust Billups or Godfrey really uh, chasing him. So 
I think it's going to be a shootout probably. I don't know exactly what the total is and I'm not betting the over to be, to be very clear, but uh, yeah, no side for me there either. Now let's go West. UC okay. Santa Barbara is traveling to Long Beach, a little SoCal showdown there in the Big West. I was on beach last game, did not look very good against Hawaii. I like Santa Babs here. Any thoughts? I was going to bet a Matt, and then I got cold feet because they've been bad. Oh, why? They've been yeah, really, they really bad. Like, not the team we expected coming into the year. Clearly losing a fringe All-American uh, hurt them a bit. And we don't know if their guys are in and out of the lineup. They've been missing a few. It's just a total stay away from me. It seems like a small spread, but I think it's kind of warranted based on how they've been playing this year. Yeah, I'm banking on, I think they were down two and a half starters last game. I believe they should get one of those guys back, especially yep. my guy, Josh Pierre-Lewis, who I'm irrationally a fan of, just hasn't been that great this season. Yeah, you've always um, been a fan of him. But Holmes, nothing, first conference game. So I think they you get like a more true to preseason form from Santa Barb's in this one, Santa Babs. Uh, Jim, Niagara Canisius, the Buffalo duel. I can't figure out Niag- Canisius. They were I know. terrible. Are they good now? And they lost their two best players for a little bit and played a lot better. Last game, they had a really nice result uh, against Quinnipiac, but I think the shooting splits are mega telling in that game. Quinnipiac could not hit a three. Canisius was at least solid. So maybe a little bit of a deceiving final score there. Um, I hope Canisius can hang around because this feels kind of high to me, Matt. But uh, the the big question is Niagara's health. Marcus Hammond got poked Mm -hmm. in the eye, might have concussion issues or vision issues. We don't know for sure that he'll be out there. So that makes me lean the Golden Griffins. I capped like he was out, Matt, and that kind of scares me the line hasn't moved. So maybe he's in, but Canisius has been a lot better lately. I'm on Canisius, baby. Let's go Golden Grips. We'll turn around here. A little uh, about face in conference play. Kai, Abilene Christian Grand Canyon. I believe this is in Phoenix where the uh, the Lope faithful will be going bonkers, presumably. Can they handle ACU's elite, elite pressure? That's the concern, I think. I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't know. I lean towards Abilene. I love this team. They have yeah, not been team. as sharp the last couple of games. Um, I, I will say that, but man, they're awesome. They're extremely well coached. I'm impressed by Brett Tanner taking over for Golden. He's at a Golding. He's done a great job, even with his size deficiency. They guard like hell. I liked it at four, three and a half, probably staying away, but a slight lean still towards Abilene Christian. Wow, hey, I missed their Grand Canyon can get a million O rebounds, but they also might turn yeah. it over a million times. So yeah, it's a give and take there. Uh, another horizon game I missed. Shame on me. Jim, you're getting it again. Sorry, I'm just gonna pound you with horizon matchups today. Um, Youngstown State, a squad that is like oddly priced really highly in the market, and I don't quite get it. They are favored by a field goal against Northern Kentucky, but the Norths have been really disappointing to to put it lightly. Yeah, NKU's been like all-time bad uh, compared to what they brought back. Some of the young guys they had from last year, they looked like they were rising potential threat in that league. And now they're near the seller. Uh, yeah. Getting, getting points here on the road against Youngstown lean towards NKU, but man, it, it might just be that they're bad and broken and you don't mm-hmm. want to buy low on them because the, the, it's the stock is correctly priced at this point. Yeah. I just think it's a team that people have figured out Darren Horn's funky zone. Now what their third year in the horizon, they don't really have a good interior protector to, to stop the bleeding inside. So I think teams just carve that up at will. Um, all right, chat mob last round. I missed a few here. Hey, a little extra board. Kai, I believe you haven't taken this one. Winthrop Asheville, the, uh, the rock, the Hill, the Eagles coming off a big win against Campbell. That's probably puts them in a good, in the driver's seat to, to win this league. I mean, it's early, but that was probably made their top competitor. Maybe a letdown spot here. I hope so. Uh, I took Asheville at seven, seven to five and a half. 
too low for me right now, but Asheville has been a lot better lately. They figured it out um, uh, recently after a terrible, terrible start. Went there super good, but I thought seven was way too much. Took them small, five and a half, wouldn't take it. Jim, Halo drunk driver. Interesting. I wonder <laughs> what that refers to or how he's envisioning that, that aura. Uh, asking about our Dons, again, LMU. Uh, the, the, the lions swept the Dons last year. So, you know, there's some revenge and it's a different team this year. The Dons have a size up front. I think they can combat the lions inside. Yeah. The Dons suddenly have the best big man on the, on the court after last year, not having a, like a single big man to speak of, uh, now squirrel, Mr. Masalski is going to cause them issues. Bouye is the best guard on the court too. The, the question is whether they can guard the big physical wings. Eli Scott went nuts against them last year, probably getting Coonan thrown at him. Maybe he's a decent matchup, but. I think Scott kind of gets his, but San Francisco ultimately is just too good and, and pulls away late. Hey, cut me off. I'm going to keep you on. So let me know when we need to wrap this program, but I think we're just going to keep running through these suckers. Butler at Georgetown, Kai. Somehow Butler is now a favorite on the road. I know Georgetown is bad. I am awfully tempted to bet some Hoyas here. I know Donald carries the key question mark there. I think it was out last game with an illness. I uh, need to do some research there, but I think if he's in, I'll be a Hoya today. I, I lean that way. Nothing strong. Both teams I know. Suck. just an uninspiring game. Just there, yeah. no enthusiasm for any of us on that one. This, this will uh, be a bad home court. <laughs> yeah, no one was at that Syracuse. I mean, even the Syracuse no goes, game it was no basically of vacant. Think, yeah, tough. ATS at home over the last like ten years, they're that's horrid. Yeah, tough. at the risk um, of uh, Jim telling me I need to be somewhere, maybe just do two or three more here, Matthew. Okay, best that's fine. Kai, you need to be well, somewhere. <laughs> Actually, keep your side forty-five. Put your swords away. Put them away, Jim. Ryan Abramowitz, our guy, asked about Illinois, Chicago, Milwaukee. I was going to avoid this one as our last Horizon game today because I'm—I don't think Milwaukee deserves their time in this program as poorly coach <laughs> as they are. Uh, but major, major question marks for the Flames. Yeah. If Demaria Franklin's out, I got it. A field goal, Milwaukee at home. Uh, yeah, I'm not touching this. Uh, the <laughs> questions are so crazy large. Like if they're in and fully healthy, I think three's a silly line. It should be like a pick them, but. Franklin is that important. Um, yeah, Diggins was out too, arguably their best forward. So that is that is a major problem. Milwaukee laying points is hard to trust. PBJ definitely out. So yeah, a lot of questions here. Uh, Ewing is out for Georgetown. I did not. I completely missed that. If so, just shows you how like far Georgetown is off my radar in general, just because that team's not really fun to track or follow. But anyway, put that aside, Kai. Uh, let's get two more here. The Ewing Cal Rivers be better. The literally Ewing. Oh, a little addition bias. Ha 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 ha. Very good. Um, we're going back West Riverside, Cal Poly, another one with a lot of injury or roster question marks. This time it's on Cal Poly's side. I like the Highlanders here. I just don't <clears throat> trust laying more than like four points with them ever. They just don't have an offense I can rely upon. Yeah. I wanted to bet Riverside, but end up staying away. Um, hard to trust these, these big West teams right now. I yeah. probably the least feel I have of any conference right now, big West. So many of them have been in and out of pauses. You don't know if they're yeah. practicing. A lot of it's like local regulations more than it is positives. So it's been tough to get a feel for them. Yeah. All the California schools are pretty up against it. Um, so that really hurt them last season. I think you did like a cumulative California schools against the number. They were all, they were in aggregate below EV uh, negative EV Jim, last one, Citadel, UNC Greensboro, my thoughts are this line felt really short, but Citadel has been pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, Greensboro came, came through for us last game, but yeah, uh, I think Citadel has been solid enough and, and it's not like Greensboro's offense is going to run away on anybody. They play so slow, even against Citadel's Civ defense. Uh, this one feels like a coin flip. So I will not be flipping a coin on it. 
Citadel lost to South Carolina State, lost to Manhattan, lost to Western Carolina in overtime, and lost by 18 to Chattanooga. Yeah, you're right. I guess I forgot about the (laughs) pre-Christmas shit. Mm. Okay, I'd like to retract my statement. They've not been as good as I thought. I think the team in general is better. It's better than a typical Citadel team. You have to respect them. Not last year, but yes, typically when they're in the toilet, you're right. They're better than that. That's all we got, Chat Mob. Cut it. Best Best bet. Here I go. I'll take the mic. I'm checking the line. My best bet is Louisiana, formerly known as Louisiana Lafayette, minus one going to UT Arlington. Guys, I just love this team. They're, they're finally getting healthy. Even if Jordan Brown is out for them, they still have a Cuba coming uh, in his stead who's nearly as good as effective. KAO, who, uh, UTA's big man inside who blocks every single shot within a five-mile radius. I think they can get him in foul trouble. Uh, Louisiana's defense is nails. I'm, I have really, haven't really been impressed with UT on either, either side of the ball. And they've caught a couple teams in fortunate spots, Arlington. Yeah, I agree. Which has helped their hot start here. <laughs> so I love Louisiana, minus one. I, I think they win this game. Go Cajuns. Are we calling them UL Lafayette still? It's just, just Louisiana. I think we they all dropped, get the they same They dropped page. Lafayette. Yeah. I, they did truly, I only call them Cajuns. Like, anytime I write yeah. them up, I'm like, Cajuns. Cajuns. Raging Cajuns. The Cajuns. No wazoo. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, yeah, my best bet, I already mentioned it on the show, it is Denver, South Dakota under. I don't think I gave a number at the time. Uh, I'm seeing 139 now. Might have had the hook at the time, but I didn't look, so it's my own <sighs> fault. I will take under 139, Denver, South Dakota. And for Maddie's best bet, Oregon State. Shouts to my guy, Wayne Tinkle. Shouts to the Peyton Years podcast. Shouts to Gary Payton, <laughs> all the Oregon State beloved fans out there in Corvallis. I just think catching 14 and a half, two touchdowns against USC. 15. 15. Yeah, I'll take 15. And they're going to USC, team that's in the midst of a really brutal schedule. They just lost at Stanford. They have to do a quick turn on after this game and play, I think, on one or two days rest. They're not deep. And Oregon State's got size. And like this is, was their calling car last year. They're now getting healthy up front. I think they turned this into an ugly rock fight. They stay with a number. Go Beavers. You know this is a rare, a rarity for Matthew. He's on the Beavers team. He's hated for years, for centuries. Now he's taking them in a game here. I did some goodwill uh, reconciliation this summer with the Peyton News podcast. So now I think I'm liked in that fan base. I think they like Corvallis. They tolerate you. That's they tolerate me. Yeah. You you stop calling it Cornwallis. Cornwallis. All right, that's our show, guys. Thank you for joining us. We are back tomorrow. Yep, we are at at noon talking about the eleven games in the slate. Hilarious. Uh, again, we're presented by Bet Rivers. We'll see you tomorrow on the Field of Sixty Eight.